Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, I am here with my new friend. I, I hope it's okay if I call you a new friend. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what we are. Awesome. Uh, Segev Peretz. Um, he is also based in Los Angeles, like me. Um, I met him through a couple of other friends, uh, women coaches that do work around desire. Um, I've just been asking my women, like, who are the men that you know that are speaking about this? Who do I need to be talking to? And, uh, and Segev's name came to the top of the list. So I said, okay, I got to meet this guy. And, um, and that is the beauty of this podcast. You know, I'm like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if I would have met you under any other circumstances. And um, so I'll just share a little bit about um, who Segev is in the world. And, uh, and then we'll just jump into our conversation. Um, I want to start actually uh, by sharing what his son says about him. (laughs) Which is, you know, he's a hippie vegan weirdo who's actually pretty cool because he knows how to do stuff. (laughs) Is there any better introduction than that? Good one for me, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I just, I feel like I don't even need to say anything more, but, uh, for those of you who are curious, he is, um, a men's coach and, um, mentor, um, a transformation specialist, a dedicated dad, um, a plant-based enthusiast, which that definitely, you know, uh, always piques my interest, like sexuality and plants. Those are pretty much my two favorite topics. (laughs) Um, he's a nature lover, an athlete, a yogi, a meditator. Um, and really, uh, you know, we, we spoke last week in preparation for today. And I think the thing, um, that I love most about you, Segev, is just the, you are just an adventurer. Like, I don't even know the half of it. And I just can feel in your soul, the deep, rich journey that you've been on. And that's really why I wanted to have you here. Um, because I want to tell the story of, uh, yeah, just being on a journey and being in practice and being in relationship with desire. So thanks for being here. My pleasure. I'm so excited. Thank you for that. You already have. That's the thing. <laughs> um, well, so tell me um, where, just to kind of, you know, ground people a little bit in, um, in your life. Um, tell us where your journey with desire started. Sure. So 
really my journey with desire started by it being quelled and squashed at a young, mm. early age. Uh, um, and, and I hadn't, um, I think we have an adult audience here, so I think I could. Oh yeah, we can, yeah, so. we, want, we want the good stuff. You know, I had, I had a session one time. I was thinking about my earliest experience with desire that I remember. And, and I remember being um, six years old ish playing Legos in my room mm-hmm. and playing Legos. And then suddenly having a feeling come over me that I had never experienced before. And I didn't know what it was, mm. but it was powerful. And I knew that um, what I, it was a powerful experience, sorry, a powerful um, feeling that came over my body. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I'd never experienced anything like it. All I knew was that suddenly I was pulling my pants down and prancing mm. around my room um, doing pelvic thrusts at six years old. And now in the adult oh. mind, I can look back and re- recognize I was having my first conscious awareness of having an erection. And I didn't wow. know what it was. And there was this powerful energy and that was this desire to just prance around and do pelvic thrusts with my Lego pile, around my Lego pile. And... <sighs> What my mom opened the door to the room and kind of just like to peek in and tell me about dinner or lunch or ask, just check in or whatever. And she opens the door and I remember her face being a little bit sort of shocked and surprised. And, you know, a young mom without Mm. maybe a conscious background and not knowing what to do, bless her heart. Kind of the look on her face was sort of like furrowed eyebrows. Like, oh, what? What are you? What are you doing? Put your pants back on, you know. And it was very innocent. She didn't know what to do. Caught her by surprise, but. What, I, mm. what I'm able to understand now from the adult mind was looking back is that child received the message that my sexuality was shameful, my desire is something to be put away. Um, and I think that was my first memory or experience of sort of my natural impulses and desires as a sexual being, but also just as a being in the world were sort of shut down. and. Um, you know, bless our parents, they all do the best they can and so on and so forth. And they set up our lives to give us what we can. But I think that growing up, I, I grew up to become a pleaser. Mm. Right? I grew up to, to, to do what I thought other people wanted me to do and to sort of, it was the honorable, sort of virtuous thing to do to sacrifice one's own desires to please mm. one's own needs. Um, and so, yeah. well, and I want to just pause you here for a second, um, just to call out uh, just the power of, as an adult, being able to to look back and trace all the way back to that moment, right? Of like, wow, when did I experience shame about my desire, my sexuality? You know, it happens in these small moments, and you know, then, then we become adults and we're carrying that with us, right? Most people are just operating on top of a pile of, you know, childhood trauma. Yeah. Yeah. In many, in many ways. And most of, most of us have received some sort of version of, of an upbringing that trained us to put our needs aside for others and to put our desires aside and that it's a virtuous thing to do and that or religion or whatever teaches us that desire is bad or sinful or shameful 
and right. you know we should only have a desire for god or, or or whatever it might be and you know yeah no knock on religion but um so that was my my, my first experience with my journey through desire was through building a life that was based on pleasing other people and not following my mm. heart and yeah. my own journey and my own desires. Um, yeah, totally. And, and what were some of the trappings of that life that you built? Well, I built a life where I was in a marriage that was not aligned, not nurturing to my soul. God bless her, wonderful person, mother of my children. I love her. Not the right partner for me to co-create the life that I want based on who I authentically am mm-hmm. and my perfect partner to be a teacher for my journey. But I was in an unhappy marriage. I became really overweight. I was 330 pounds. I was really miserable and um, sort of a slave to sort of family obligations, extended family. Uh, very, I was buried deep beneath a layer of defense mechanisms of of fat of bad habits of um facades and mm-hmm. one day there came a day where i just i couldn't it was i there was no more i couldn't i couldn't live that way anymore mm-hmm. and i'm here to start honoring myself yeah, well, and what was that? What was your, it's, you know, kind of sounds like like your rock bottom moment. Like, nope, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. What was the, what was that moment or the final straw? You know, I can't say that there was a certain final straw. It was a chipping away, you know, um, and it was a chipping away. And one day I just, I woke up at 36 years old and I looked in the mirror and I was 330 pounds and I was miserable and I wasn't doing what I wanted to do in my life. And I, my family life wasn't what I wanted. My relationship wasn't what I wanted. My sex life wasn't what I wanted. I wasn't who I wanted to be. Mm. And I just, I realized that if I don't do something differently, this was going to continue forever. Mm. There's nothing coming down the pipeline to jar me. There's nothing coming to save me. There's no event that's on the horizon. If it hadn't happened by now, you know, what was it, when was it going to happen? And so Mm -hmm. I didn't want to live the rest of my life in that. And I started to uh, um, undergo the journey of discovering who I really am and following my, my own heart. You know, I was running a summer camp, which was amazing, but I started it with my ex-wife and I started it to please. And I started it to create this identity and, um, None of those things fit. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, um, I can really relate. I think m- most people who are in our world have had some sort of a moment like that where you just had to make a choice, right? Hmm. So um, tell me what, uh, like, what did you go about shifting? Like, how did you disentangle yourself? Somebody that's listening, thinking, oh gosh, I'm, you know, I'm in a life that I've created around pleasing people, but I don't even know the first thing about like how to um, create something different. So for me, it came, the first step for me was, was really like learning how to love myself first and foremost. 
I had a desire to feel love and to feel worthy of love. And I didn't feel worthy of love and I didn't feel loved in the way that I wanted to. And I wasn't able to love at the capacity that I knew that I was capable of. And so that's always been my deepest, most driving desire is to love fully and experience fully in every, every aspect of life. Um, that really, I think, is, is the fundamental driving desire in my life is to give and receive love at the highest level on this planet in this lifetime. But I wasn't able to do it. So I went into my body and I decided to heal my body and to love myself and honor myself through that. I had a desire to feel fit and healthy and sexy and attractive and be able to move mm. on the basketball court that I way I wanted to and wear the clothes I wanted to and so on and so forth. So I spent some time doing that. Mm. and yeah. um, you want the whole journey the next step <laughs> well um what were some of the most like impactful shifts that you made well um once it i like- sort of re- reclaimed my myself in that way and was living i i started going back to painting and doing the art that I had given up and all the things that I had sort of gone away from myself and, and getting back to nature and all those things. And once I had sort of started surrounding myself more with, with people that I wanted to be around with experiences that I wanted to have, it it then turned to honoring my repressed sexual desires that Mm -hmm. I had. And I, I learned to own my desire as a man for the first time in my life, instead of feeling like it was shameful or, or selfish or, uh, pathological. And I, I went through a period of exploration and, um, and that was wonderful. And from then it became about what kind of life do I want to create for myself in the world? What kind of father do I really want to be? What do I desire to pass on to my children and teach them? What do I desire mm. to do in this world? And how do I desire to show up and serve in this world? And, and what kind of relationship do I desire to create? And so I made it a mission to one by one work on those things. Yeah. Let's let's slow down around your sexual desires. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, here on Any Way You Want It, we talk about life and, you know, we do talk a bit about sex as well. And just, and, and I, you know, I believe when this, that, you know, both with both men and women, when you start really getting an approval of your sexuality and the power that lies in your sexuality, um, that that just starts to flood into every part of your life. Like it's just, it's unmistakable, you know? So, um, yeah, so I would love to hear more about like, what, what were some of your sexual desires? What were you learning at the time? What, what was that journey like? Sure. Um, at that time, the desires really were for a variety and exploration, something I had not honored myself growing up, not honored, but given to myself or, or, or in, indulge myself in, you know, growing up, my friends were mm-hmm. all out there quote unquote, sewing their oats. And, and I was looking to fall in love. I was always a romantic and I was always in, in relationships and writing poetry and so on. And, um, and I wasn't out there fucking. And I was just saying, we can say that, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> we can definitely say that. Okay. So, um, 
so I, I decided to just like unleash the beast and go out there. And, and for a while, it was literally about just variety and fucking everything that moves, you know, so mm-hmm. the crudeness of that. But that's just where I was at that time. And that was important yeah. for me to allow that to be expressed because that had been repressed. And I knew that for me to um, show up at some point in the relationship a true loving intimate partnership in the way that I wanted to, I had to be fully sexually expressed. I had to be mm. um, fully in my desire. So there was mm-hmm. that. And then, and a lot of it was like exploring Tantra and exploring dominance and submission and, and leaning into my dominant side. Um, a big part of my journey also, which is why I do men's work now, why I'm a, a, a men's coach is because I, as you, well, you don't see it because we're on audio, but in, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover. I've always had a strong feminine and I've always been yeah. into nature and intuitive and creative and paint hearts and flowers and write poetry. I'm very in touch with my feminine and very um, expressive of my emotions. And, and for me, cultivating a strong masculine was a growing uh, opportunity at that time. And um, hmm. so yeah. that yeah, was part of my exploration. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm curious about like the journey that you had to go on inside of yourself to give yourself approval to explore all of these things. And as you said, to like let your beast out, you know, because I think there are so many people that have desire and it's re- especially when it comes to sex, it can be really scary to take those first steps. Yeah, and I think what happens when we don't do that is our desires get, get played out in the shadows in unhealthy ways and self-destructive ways. And I, and I had had some of that in my life, you know, with porn and with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, emotional infidelity and so on and so forth. and. Um, mm-hmm. energetic infidelity and, and looking, looking, turning my attention elsewhere because I hadn't honored myself. So the shift inside, it really honestly was a decision. I can't, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's really about just making a decision, which I believe all, all growth and shift comes from that point to just make a decision mm-hmm. and say that I'm going to do this and be willing to try something different and to risk and to be willing to uh, be vulnerable by going after what you desire and risk either not getting it or risk, you know, maybe being rejected for it or risk um, mm-hmm. shame, you know, I don't know, all those things. So, yeah. Yeah, what I, I I just love this. I I'm getting so much from just everything that you're saying about just in a moment making a choice. You know, we overcomplicate this stuff as humans, and and I think as especially as women, and there's so much power in just the like, oh, hold on, I just want it to be this way. Okay, now it's going to be that that way. <laughs> So thanks for, um, yeah. thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, another thing that I want to add to that is it was also an awareness, a realization that I came to that if it's in me, then it's, then it's okay. It's more than okay. It's 
ordained to be, right? So it depends mm. on what your spiritual paradigm is. But mm-hmm. what I came to realize is that our desires are implanted in us by that which or whom creates us by source, by our creator. Mm. The word mm-hmm. desire literally means of the father, desir, right? of the Mm. father, which means it's implanted in you to point the way. And I always like to liken it to, um, like in the natural evolutionary environment, we seek out fat and sugar because it's important for us to have them. And that guides our way to what we need to live. And I believe our desires are the same way, our GPS to uh, what's gonna light us up and, and, inspire us to move in the spaces and places and, and do the things that open our gift to the world. Mm. I just want to um, double click <laughs> on um, this. Yeah. The root of desire, like literally of the father. Duh. You, uh, <laughs> When you said that to me last week, my mind was blown. And, you know, I was like a, an amateur Latin scholar in high school. I mean, only studied it for a few years, but I just hadn't, it had not occurred to me. And, uh, yeah, and I, I, I think that is so powerful. Like that captures the thing that I've always felt about desire, but I haven't quite articulated it in that way. You know, it's like that feeling in your body when you get something, when you get a desire, you know, I feel like, oh, hot and crazy and lit up. And it's just, it's something that is, um, yeah, it's like from spirit. So um, I really want to make sure everyone heard that. It's your ultimate permission slip to go for it. Not only is it your permission slip, it's your fucking duty and desire to God and the universe. Seek after that which you desire because that is your GPS that Mm -hmm. the universe is using to move you to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. You can the gifts you need to have and give. Yeah, totally. Totally. So one of the questions um, that I get often when I'm talking about this topic is um, how you tell, like how you tell, how you can tell if something is a, a true desire, you know, and if it's, and the other thing that, that women are always worried about is like, but is my desire good for me? You know, like what if I desire to eat fast food every day? That's not really good for me. Um, so I, so I have my thoughts on this, but I, I really would love to hear kind of like the way that you think about like the truth of the truth of design. I'm going to speak it in two parts. So I'm going to answer it in general, but I also think there's a little bit of a distinction in that inquiry between men and women a little bit, masculine, masculine and feminine sort of oriented, uh, beings. So how do we know if our desire is really our true desire and if it's good for us, right? So does, like we talk about, does it, do we desire to stay in bed all day or do we desire to eat fast food? Is that good for us? So there's impulses and there's desires and they're not the same thing. We're not going to live a, a, a life that gives us what we want if we're following our impulses. Mm-hmm. Love this, love this. 
Thank you. That is, I, I want to hear what else you have to say about this, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, that is the word. I haven't been using that word when I talk about this and that is so spot on. Continue. Yeah, so, so impulses <laughs> will usually come, impulses want us to, often an impulse is, is something that wants to take us away from ourselves like an impulse to indulge in food or an impulse to just zone out on TV or an impulse to, you know, look at porn or an impulse to in sleep all day or, or whatnot. Whereas a desire this comes from a deeper place within and desire doesn't go away. We push it away. We, we quiet it down. We, we deny it, but it, it comes for us. It keeps coming for us. It's relentless. And um, whereas impulses come and go. So does that sort of answer the, that distinction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I love that. And I, I, um, I am curious about, I am just thinking this through for myself, you know, as a, as a practitioner in this space, um, even describing the difference between an impulse and like a little desire, you know, because I could actually have an impulse to eat ice cream I could also have a desire to eat ice cream. Yeah, so I think it's simple as asking the question and being really honest with yourself and asking, hmm, is this a desire that I really have? And is what I'm going to get by doing this thing also in alignment with my desires, right? So I might desire to eat ice cream every day, but I also desire to be fit and healthy. So which do I desire more, really? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, ice cream, eating ice cream is not, incompatible with being fit and healthy is but eating ice cream every day is so it's about doing inquiry what do i really desire and that's really one of the hard pieces for for most people myself included Mm -hmm. yeah i love this that's great (laughs) i also would want to speak a little bit to um I think when it comes to sexual desire, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between men and women. Because, oh, yeah. Um, if that would be okay. So, yeah, do it. And I haven't, really, I haven't really spoken on this before, so I'm kind of riffing here. But when it comes to sexual desire, it's important for both men and women to honor desires, obviously. Men, it's a lot trickier of an inquiry because... I think we are much more prone to lower, lower level sort of impulses. Um, so we need to sort of conduct that inquiry, but that's not exclusive to men. You know, we all feel the call and we all have deep desires. Um, but so for me on my journey, for example, I desire to have a prolific sexual life. And I, I, to me, that means different things at different times. At one point that meant variety. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's not what it means. And right now, I'm I'm in an intentional state of of celibacy because I'm in a desire to build in my life, and I'm channeling that energy. I'm building my business. I'm growing my practice. I'm 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 in a stage of building right now. And so, if I'm indulging in desires that take me away from that bigger desire, that mission, that vision, it's a leakage, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the same is true for women too, because we all have masculine and feminine. It just depends about where you personally are in terms of your journey in masculine and feminine and in the, what season you're in. 
But for women, I think indulging in desire and pleasure, especially, is an empowering thing and a filling thing where I think for men, indulging in, in desires that don't align with the larger mission creates a leakage and a, a, a leaking thing, not a filling thing. Does that make sense? It feels like a little mm-hmm. bit clear. Yeah, um, I I think I'm a, a it, I I think I understand the direction you're going. Um, but would you clear Would you clarify it a little bit? Uh, like I think where I'm getting ca- caught up, and maybe my listeners too, is um, what you what you're really distinguishing between men and women. Like the why behind it's what really you're not saying. not about men and women, I suppose. Oh, well, masculine and feminine. Masculine yeah. And feminine because we're in different moments and different seasons with masculine and feminine, right? And so masculine energy to me is about containment to a degree and a channeling and a, and a, a channeling through a laser focus. And, so, and, you know, my desires are to ravish my woman. In that moment, I'm channeling all of my being into that desire and to ravish my woman. In other moments, my desire is to uh, penetrate the world with my truth and with my vision and with my mission. And so I'm channeling everything into that and in a masculine um, dynamic. Whereas I think in the feminine, um, and I guess I may be distinguishing the desire and, and pleasure here, Right. So mm-hmm. pleasure, I feel like for women is an activator for the, for the feminine and mm-hmm. pleasure for the masculine can be a distraction from a larger desire when not chosen to move into intentionally. And I think it's really Again, it's very nuanced. It's not men and women. There's a lot of gray area here. And it's really about where are we and what are we trying to focus our, our energies in our, in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, the, I think the big thing, you know, kind of high level that I'm just noticing and seeing here from this piece of our conversation is just the intentionality. Like the saying, oh, what, like, what do I want to be channeling in my life right now? And what, like, in my sexuality is going to support that? Yes. But what I will say is both for men and women is, um, and, and, and speaking particularly for, for men right now, just in contrast to what I said to sort of balance it with the other perspective is that a man's got to own his desire. We all have to own our desires because when we don't own our desires, what happens is, and we don't channel them with intention and wield it with, with consciousness, then either we're leaking or we're blocking it. And there's a kink in our, in our, in our hose of our power that comes mm-hmm. through. So the desire is, desire is, is, is a form of power. And, Mm-hmm. And when we block our desire, we block our power in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But when we in our impulses that aren't in alignment with our true desire, we leak our energy. So it's really like about deep self-awareness. Yeah, it's really, it's a, it's one big conversation about power at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
What do you, uh, I'm just thinking about your work in, um, with men and with desire, which, you know, like I said, at the beginning is one of the reasons I was, uh, I was interested in speaking with you. You know, there are plenty, there's a plethora of women in my world who are talking about desire. You know, those are the kinds of women I surround myself with. And, and I just, I, um, my community doesn't have as many men. And I'm really interested in the topic of men and, um, and their desire. What has been um, just your experience in working with men around their desire, just like some of your learnings with men specifically. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. So with men, most of my work with men around desire doesn't really revolve around sexual desire. It's mm -hmm. about their desire. I believe men are or, or more masculine identified beings are wired to serve the world and to serve the world with their heart, with their truth, with their vision, with their protection, with their providence. Men, I think the deepest desire of men whether they're aware from, of it or not, is to protect and serve the feminine. Mm. And yeah, that so and each man has a different a different gift to give to this world, but we all have really similar gifts to give to our women or our partners in terms of our, our devotion. And a man does desire to be in deep devotion and to please his woman, but he cannot do that. A man cannot honor fully his desire to, to, to meet his woman's desire and need for, for his devotion if he hasn't been first in devotion to himself mm. and to his mission. Mm. Yeah, I love this distinction. Um, you know, because I like, so I come from a community uh, where there's a lot of focus on women's desires, which I think is like good, you know, because <laughs> women are, you know, we've just been trained to tamp our desires down. So, you know, all of the work in the world that's around, um, women and bringing out their desires, I think is like so needed and the world is hungry for it. And it's, um, yeah, it really serves a purpose. And my experience of this conversation, you know, in some circles is I'm always like, wait, but like, what's the deal with the man's desire? And, and I, I don't know that I've even really landed on a full like philosophy for myself, but the, um, but A, I do believe men have desire and it is very powerful. And I love what you said around their orientation, the orientation of their desire really be, being around like serving the world and serving the greater good. And that if a man is in touch with his purpose globally, then if you look inside of relationship, he can really support a woman's desire. Yeah. 
That is our ultimate desire, is to please our women and to be more than enough for them. <laughs> um, to give our devotion. We deeply desire to settle our hearts on a woman worthy yeah. of our devotion. When I say worthy, I mean who, who we feel is the right one for us to give our devotion to. Mm-hmm. And we also desire to fuck everything that moves. <laughs> yeah, but actually, you, going back to our original conversation, it's, you have like an impulse to fuck everything that moves, right? Or is it actually yeah. desire? I think what it's, do you think? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that I think the desire to fuck everything that moves is is first of all, there's a biological evolutionary like our job is to plant as many seeds as we can to grow to pass on our genes in the evolutionary environment. That's hardwired into us. So that mm-hmm. is an aspect of us, and that desire of men is something one of the one of the things that I like to advocate for is I don't advocate for um, you know all women partners to say, okay, that's how you're made. So go ahead and fuck everyone you want. What I do advocate for is for that desire to not be pathologized, right? So we have both of that within us. We want to give devotion to one woman and we have parts of us that want to penetrate and stick our woman we find that arouses our attraction. And, And that's okay, but it doesn't mean we have to act on it. But, mm-hmm. but we need to have that part of us be expressed in some way and be made room for and not pushed and shoved in the background. And in fact, the more a woman can honor, regardless of what rules they have in the relationship about being with other people mm-hmm. or not, monogamy can certainly work with this. It's important, the, the degree to which a man feels safe for those desires to be expressed and for that part of him to not go in the shadows, that's, mm-hmm. that opens his devotion to his woman even more. Oh, yes. You are speaking my language. Oh, my God. This is one of the topics that I am most passionate about with women. You know, it's like your man's desires are totally valid and half more than half the fun is just in being able to have a space where you can both just share desires and and turn ons and then be unattached to what actually happens, you know? Like I told the barista at my coffee shop um, this weekend, uh, I, I, uh, my boyfriend was here at my place uh, doing a few things. And so I went to go get us um, <clears throat> coffee and I, I saw the barista that he has a crush on. And I told her, I was like, oh, you know, my boyfriend has a crush on you. <laughs> And like, it was so hot because she got to be lit up. I got to see her being lit up. I felt all sorts of like tingly excitement in my body and turn on. Right. And then I got to go back, you know, back home and tell Henry. like, uh, So I saw Luis um, and, you know, I let her know you have a crush on her, you know, and like, (laughs) 
<laughs> and right then he gets to be lit up by that and like talking about it is so hot like we're likely not gonna like do anything with this random barista at my coffee shop but like she's such a sweetheart and we get so much juice from just talking about like our attraction for her and desire I think that's beautiful and so hot and a beautiful illustration of exactly what I'm talking about. Every time you honor who he is, all parts of him, his devotion to you grow. Yeah, totally. He's like, there are wait. so many women in households all over America and the world right now feeling frustrated because their desires are not being met by their man. And they're not... Yeah. In awareness of the fact that that's because they have crushed it out of him. Right. They're like controlling and managing the shit out of their relationship. And then they wonder why it feels dead, both in the bedroom and in the kitchen and in the living room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and let's be clear the control thing that i that is still a work in progress with me um and you know when i think about you know what happened this weekend with the barista i'm just like present to like how much i've grown in that area you know and then oh it's so validating to hear a man like you like say that you know because it has me know like okay I'm on the right path. I just got to keep letting go, you know? But your trust, I'm going to venture to say, without knowing anything about Henry or your relationship, your yeah. trust in being able to share that without coming from a place of, you know, scarcity or fear or in, inadequacy or whatever in that stuff is informed by his devotion to you, which makes you feel safe and secure right? Which allows oh. you to trust. So it's a self-feeding cycle. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. I'm literally on my notes writing like <laughs> the cycle, devotion to the feminine and then approval from the feminine. And it's one big feedback loop. Boom. Yes. Oh my gosh. You are full of so many good nuggets. Um, this is great. Huh. Well, um, so as we just start kind of um, landing the plane here today, um, let's see. Well, is there anything else that you want to say about desire or any of the desires you have um, before we talk a little bit about your work and tell people what you're up to? Um, sure. Um... In terms of my desires, again, I have many desires, and my <laughs> my um, engagement with it, or my inquiry, my ongoing dance with it, is it's an exploration, right? It's there's no way to get it right all the time. In talking about couples and sharing their desires, and going back to what we were just talking about. It's an exploration, right? And it's about just risking a little bit more to reveal a little bit more of ourselves and, and, and having that revealed. So for me, I am in a place in my life of looking at what all my desires and looking at what's, what's, the, what's the most penetrating one. 
right? What is my ultimate desire? And my ultimate, my desire. (laughs) When you just said, what is the most penetrating one? I just felt it in my whole body. Continue. (laughs) You need a moment. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, uh, um, my deepest, most penetrating desire is to be able to penetrate to my highest capacity, my woman, my career, business, money-making capacity, my Mm -hmm. impact on the world, my love to my children, my love to humanity, my, my truth and my voice, to penetrate my being into the world. So we talked about a man wants to fuck everything to move. A man really wants to fuck the world. And not in the way that men have fucked the world up until now. Not oh my gosh. A man wants to fuck the world. That might have to be the title of this. I don't know. We'll play with it. Continue. <laughs> Brings new meaning to when I, I, I work with my, with my clients. You know, I, you know the expression, fuck my life, right? FML, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. FML, fuck my life. I, I like to reclaim and repurpose the term fuck my life. Oh, yeah. It's, I, how do I fuck my life with the every aspect of my being with my heart mm. with my, with my passion with my vision mm. um so that's and, and and my deepest desire is to uplift and heal and unite mankind and make heaven on earth so we can all live in the life that we all dream of of everyone being honored and living in harmony with the earth and and with each other and everyone's needs being met and fully expressed, which I believe is fully possible. And, I, and, I, and I'm so grateful that there are so many people in the world serving that mission in so many ways. And my way to do that right now, at one point in time, it was working with kids in a summer camp. But right now it's working with men and helping mm. craft them into the type of man that they need to be to be able to penetrate the world with their unique gift and their unique vision. Mm. Wow. So um, anything that's beautiful. I love that. Anything you want to share about programs you have coming up um, or anything in your in your business that people can look out for? Sure, absolutely. I have a, a few a few ways to work with me. One is I do one on one coaching. I work with both men, women, couples um, in and really my work in all, all my programs is really about tuning into what your desire is, what your vision is, what's blocking you between now and then, and how do we build a path to that? So I do that through one-on-one coaching. I do that through, um, I'm launching a new program called the way of fierce love. It's a 16 week program for men where we will, um, basically journey journey into, um, sealing all of our leaks, getting really clear on our vision, looking at where we're out of integrity, coming back into integrity, learning how to own and align our head, heart, gut, balls, and crown all into one being, and mm. how to penetrate our life, and whether that's transforming a relationship or changing your the way that you're earning or creating a vision that you 
have never been able to do or how you show up in your life, right? So we learn practices and tools and all this stuff. And we can learn more about that. You can message me or find me on my Facebook and send me a message. We can talk about that. That sounds so hot. Uh, and I assume it's a virtual program here in COVID times. <laughs> Currently right now, virtual. Um, I look forward to getting to be able to get together immersion again because I really do believe that um, people need each other and men need brotherhood now more than ever as we are being called to step up and um, show up as mature masculine leaders to help heal this world and help relieve the feminine of the burden of carrying the masculine responsibility that the many of the men in the generations before us have um, done so disharmoniously and unlovingly and mm. responsibly. And so it's time for a new generation of men to rise up and accept the responsibility of mature masculine leadership. Because when we do that, then women can surrender into their feminine the world is safe and their partners are safe and their environment is safe and and then women can become the channels for life and love and beauty and pleasure and creation and that's what we need wow that's beautiful thank you so much and we'll put all of your social media type things uh in the show notes but is there any like an email address or anything any contact info you want to call out here sure it's my email Segev Peretz at Gmail. I'm a simple guy. Um, and <laughs> I, I just have a Facebook, Segev Peretz on Facebook. Um, nothing fancy. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who fucks the world, Segev Peretz. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with me. Um, I'm going to practice the jealousy thing because I'm sure Henry will listen to this. I now officially have a crush on you. I'm thrilled to be connected with you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> All right. Have a great night and thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.